Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We are broadcasting from our sister station, ESPN, today. A lot of times when there's a sporting event, not a lot of times, six, eight times a year, we get pushed over, uh, not pushed, we get moved over to ESPN, and we get the privilege of broadcasting the show on ESPN from 10 to noon. Now, normally you'll find us on the fan at 9 to 11. I have every indication we'll be back there next week. Uh, We got shuffled around this week because of the Broncos game, but we should be back on our normal home. But either place, join us, and if you're worried about where we're going to be that week, Anytime we're not on the fan, we always post on social media, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. You can follow us, catch up with us, wherever we're going to be. And, of course, if you miss it, we podcast everything on 104.3 The Fan. And we put a lot of the podcasts up on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Let's go to the phones. And joining us, he's not only one of our fishing experts and an accomplished angler, but he is our waterfall guy. When we not when we want to talk waterfall hunting, he's our go-to guy, and that's Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing today? I, I think you're actually out, out waterfall hunting, aren't you? I was this morning, and uh, we had a pretty good morning, so we're already wrapped up. Wow, good good deal. Now, you and I talked during the week, and we got... I think the rest of this month for ducks, and we have more than that for geese. So what are you seeing out there? What's happening? Is this a good time to get out? You know, what's happened in the last probably two weeks, we've started to finally get some cold weather that felt like winter, and so it's made both the ice anglers happy, but it also has made the waterfowl waterfowl hunters happy because what's happened is the ponds have frozen up. So it's really started to concentrate both ducks and geese along the rivers and sloughs. So if you've got access to it, man, the the goose numbers on the river is phenomenal. Some of the best I've seen in a long time. And there's a good number of ducks. The ducks are kind of flying all day long. So it's one of those that, uh, you know, you don't have to be out there first thing in the morning. You're going to get kind of this trickle of every 15, 20 minutes a little bit of a flight of ducks. And the nice thing for the waterfowl hunters in Colorado is, you know, Parks and Wildlife has a whole lot of property in this northeast region along the South Platte River that's access for public hunting. So this may be a great time to get out for the public land hunter to get on both ducks and then also a really good chance to get on geese on the river. If you don't have a lease of a field, this might be your best time to go out and kind of get a good combo hunt in. Now, are you seeing, are these birds that have been here a while, or are we seeing new fresh birds that are still finding their way around? Kind of a little bit of both. Uh, The geese have been here for a while, but they all got moved out of kind of that Windsor, Fort Collins area. A lot of them did because the the roost lakes froze up. So they've moved to the rivers, you know, along the front range, and the same thing's happening further east with Pruitt freezing up and Sterling and, and Jumbo. So... Those, a lot of the geese have been here, but we're starting to see some of the bigger geese, and those are new migrators in. And the ducks are, for the most part, they're kind of northern birds coming in. But, you know, I just talked to one of our mutual friends, Tom Bruno, a couple days ago, and he said there's still birds up in the pier area. And so we still have another wave of mallards 
to keep coming down towards us. So I think for the rest of duck season, we're going to kind of get that trickle of fresh birds coming in. Now, other than you're going to move more to the rivers because the ponds are freezing, do you do anything different as far as decoy sets, calling? Do you approach it differently? You know, this time of year, I don't probably call as hard and heavy unless it's a unless I feel like there's a bunch of new birds in or it's a real windy day for the ducks. Uh, my decoy sets, it seems like the ducks on the river right now, they're not all concentrated in one area. They're kind of on a stretch of the river. So I find an area that has a couple, you know, slow current areas, and I'll put two, three, you know, maybe a half a dozen decoys in one of them and just kind of put decoys in each one of them and kind of spread the number of decoys out in the area. That just looks a lot more natural for the way the birds are sitting. Now, uh, this is uh, this time of the year, you know, people are new. We have a lot of new hunters out there. And, of course, they're buying decoys. They're not sure what they should buy. We've had a lot of different birds, you know, teal and uh, different types come down. The mallards are really just starting. Do you have to match your decoys to the type of duck, or can you get by with the same decoys? You know, the if you're just buying one species of decoy, I'm going to go with the mallards. They're the most common duck around, and most every duck will respond to a mallard decoy set. So personally, right now I'm putting out probably 70 to 80% mallards, and then I'm mixing in a few widgeons and gadwalls and maybe a teal or two because there are a few of those birds around. But if all you have is mallards or if you're just looking to go out and buy your first dozen decoys, go with the mallards. They're going to get the job done. What about uh, the, the geese decoys? Do you like just static ones or do you like movement in your goose decoys? Well, for the goose decoys, what I did today is I had a few floaters and I have... Uh, on the river, a lot of the birds like to sleep, so I had some sleeper shells, but the majority of the decoys were silhouettes. And the reason I like using the silhouettes is because you can take out three dozen real easy. It's not a heavy load, and all you have to do is just go out into the water just a few inches, and that ground under the the running water is all thawed, so you can go stick those silhouettes in, and it looks real natural. So you don't have to go haul in a whole bunch of full bodies or anything like that. You can get by with, you know, just shells or just silhouettes. And if you're able to, a couple birds out in the water, those decoys, that's that's what will give me the movement in my spread is those couple decoys out in the water as they go back and forth against the current. Now, are you doing... Uh... For people that are new, that they're just getting started in this hunting, and they're thinking, gosh, I went out a few times, and I did okay, or it didn't do that well. How much time do they have left? And you mentioned earlier you think this would be a great time to get out. Yeah, you've got till the end of January for ducks, and until the weekend closest to Valentine's Day, and I think that might be the 15th this year, uh, for Canada goose, and then we've got the the conservation season after that for snow geese. But if you're targeting ducks right now, from now till the end of January, I would tell you if you have the flexibility, pick days, pick our weather days, either days that are going to be snowy or windy are the two best days that keeps the birds down and they're looking for places to sit. If you go out on a really cold day, 
I wouldn't go out and, and try to get there super early unless you've got a spot you just have to have. Because on those really cold days, a lot of times the best flight, you know, starts about 10 o'clock in the morning and goes till 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Those birds don't like getting up and moving when it's really cold out. So once it kind of warms up just a bit, that's the time to get out there. So if you're able to kind of utilize the weather, definitely do that. But even if you don't have an opportunity, you know, and maybe all you can do is hunt the weekends, you know, today I wouldn't really call it a good weather day as far as no heavy winds, no snow. We weren't that cold to start the day, but the birds flew real well. And so knowing that right after a cold front, those birds are kind of going to get moved around. Anytime you can hunt after that, get out there and, uh, you know, capitalize on the opportunity. Do be careful further out east. When it gets really cold, that river will start to flow ice and slush. So try to find a spot that's off channel or just be prepared when you're going out there that that could happen. So try to look for, you know, there's sloughs on various spots or spots below diversions for uh, irrigation ditches. And those areas usually don't have as much ice in them. But it's it's a great time to get out there and and it's one that you can go spend all day, and the birds are going to kind of keep moving all day long, maybe every 15, 20 minutes. All right. Now I want to change things up on you. You're an avid angler, an avid ice angler. Have you been out checking, and what are you finding out there? I've done just a little bit of checking, and what I'm seeing is basically from about St. Vrain uh, State Park there in Longmont North, a lot of the places have somewhere between two and a half to four inches of ice. And so if you're careful and you, you pay attention and you check the ice, there's enough ice to get out on and fish. Um, but I've watched some guys out there on some of this thin ice, and we always say it, you know, that safety is such a key factor in ice fishing. Make sure you've got your spikes. Um, if it's really you know, having a life jacket or a throwable flotation device with you is another key important part. And use a, a spud or something to make sure you're checking the ice as you go. But there is enough ice, and I know a lot of people are getting into trout. The, there have been a lot of trout that were stocked right before freeze-up, and they haven't really been hit that hard. So they're, they're really cooperating along the front range. Yeah, I checked, and I didn't check Bodecker, but Lon Hagler had some anglers. Now, I didn't go out on any of this ice, folks, but I just drove by, talked to a few anglers. Most were just going out. Lon Hagler had a spot here and there of ice anglers out there. I couldn't tell from the truck how good the ice was, but there were people out there. I went out to Douglas Reservoir, which actually had about six or eight spread around the lake in different areas. So it's looking like Douglas had some pretty good ice, but check, check very carefully. I went by Boyd in the marina area and just below the boat ramp there had a number of anglers out there. And I actually saw them catching the stalker trout you mentioned as I watched from the truck. Uh, and, And this should get better because up north, what you mentioned, we had a lot more snow than they had down in the metro area here. And what that's done is kept the days from getting as warm, and the nights have been fairly cool, and we're going to get a couple real cold nights coming up in the north area up there. I think Fort Collins, we're going to get down in the teens or maybe even single digits again. We should make ice. There wasn't a lot of snow on the lakes. It actually fell before they froze most of it. 
So uh, it, there's probably going to be some good opportunities, but you sure mentioned that safety will be the key. What about on the, the Northeast? What are you hearing out there? You know, I have heard that uh, last weekend Jackson had about five to six inches of ice kind of in that uh, inlet area from, from the dam to the inlet swim beach area. And then if you go out to Jumbo, people are out there on ice. I don't know how thick it is, but a few of the people I've been seeing that go out there, um, usually, you know, they hold off till three, four inches at least. But there are people out there, and they are catching some walleye and a few crappies out there. The walleyes, a lot of them are, are pretty small. They're the, the nine-inchers that got stocked just this spring. But... Um, they are catching some fish out that way. So if you want to head further east, there's opportunities there. And, you know, as you go up in the hills, you still have your red feathers and a lot of those lakes like that up in the, the north front range area that uh, got a lot of stalker trout and have good ice conditions and people are up there catching fish. Yeah, I've heard red feathers, uh, Delaney especially, uh, not Delaney, uh, uh, Dowdy especially Dowdy. is doing quite well and it's Pretty pretty safe fishable ice and a lot of cooperative trout, and that's typical of Dowdy. West, they're actually catching more trout than they expected because it, it did have a parasite issue, but I guess they put some trout in there anyway, and they're doing better than I thought. If you want a little bigger fish, Parvin up there, I, I understand, is fishing a little better. Uh, have you heard any other reports like, say, Barnes Meadows or Chambers or any of those? Um, you know, Chambers... It's tough to get into uh, the Barnes Meadow and kind of uh, Long Draw area up there. There's been a lot of uh, Forest Service road closures and and uh, issues up there with maybe not plowing some roads. So if you're going to go up that way, you know, maybe call the Forest Service to see what the current access is to some of those before you drive all the way up. Or if you go up and you find out the access isn't there, you know, just keep planning to head on to Walden. Uh, I did hear of some people out there on Cowdery that uh, were catching some, you know, not maybe quite Lake John size fish, but some of those 14 to 17 inch trout on Cowdery. So a little bit better quality than just a stocker. Yeah, you normally would go fish North Michigan, which for you and I is one of our favorite stops. It's not accessible right now. They drained it down to work on the dam. But keep driving. Like you said, it's not that much further to Walden. Get out in North Park. And I'm hearing mixed reports about snow and accessibility, but I'm he- and uh, the ice on most of them is good. And I heard the same thing you did about Cowdery. And I also heard Lake John is producing some real numbers of big fish. But the ice has been on and off again. I would think with this last cold front, they've probably got good ice. But there's a lot of snow up there. So you might want to call the Lake John Resort or go on their website and find out the accessibility. Um, Brad, we're going to wrap things up here in just a minute. Are you booking waterfall trips yet? Do you have openings? Are you booking ice fishing trips? Or are you waiting until spring for fishing? You know, with our ice right now, the way it is on the front range, um, I'm holding off booking any ice fishing trips. Uh, actually, I'm headed to Minnesota tomorrow to do a little ice fishing up that way. But I do still have a few openings left for duck hunting trips. So if people are interested in duck hunting trips, they definitely could uh, give me a holler and, and we could try to get them out. Well, and you're probably starting to get ready to book your summer fishing, too. And, you know, we could uh, we could see some early access to, like, spawning walleyes this year. I really, at the rate it's going right now, um, you know, it could all change. But I think that you're going to start 
there are going to be some lakes that probably March 1st you're going to be able to get boats out on. So, you know, those people that do have boats need to start thinking about uh, getting them in, getting them serviced, um, you know, anything like that that you need to have done because I think you're going to be able to, to utilize some of the resources early this year. Speaking of boats, our next segment is going to be some friends of yours. The people from Crowley Marine are going to come on and talk about the boat show. I don't know if you're going to be down there or not. Um, I'm I'm still uh, trying to figure out my schedule down there for a couple days. All right. All right, my friend, we will talk to you again very soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Terry. Have a good one. All right, Brad Peterson, always a great resource. We are going to take time out, and we are going to talk about the boat show next week. There's an RV and a boat show next week, and we haven't had shows for a while. A lot of people are excited to get out and enjoy these, so stick around. We'll tell you what's going on there on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. Been a million places and I've known a million faces But I've never had someone to call my own I slept in an old army bunk and in the back of an old You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. By the way, that music, bumper music we're playing today is from uh, an EP that Mark Dobrith and I released. It's on all your favorite streaming sites. Just uh, if you like the music or would like to hear more of it, just search Wickstrom and Dobrith on any of the streaming sites and it'll come up. There's a four-song EP. And if you like it, share it. If you don't, don't tell me because it'll hurt my... Nah, go ahead and tell us. We don't mind. We got, we got thick skin. All right, we're going to go to the phones. And joining us from Crowley Marine is Mario. Good morning, Mario. Hey, good morning. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing great. And believe it or not, it's winter is here and the snow up where I live is and the weather's been cold and the lakes are icing over. And we're going to talk buying boats. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I know. It's always a good time to buy boats. Right, there's no bad time. Before we get in, there's a boat show, there's a stock show, there's an RV show. Before we get into some of that, let's talk about Crawley Marine just a little bit for people who don't know. And just as a disclaimer, Crawley Marine has never been a sponsor of mine, and I haven't gotten my boats. I had a, a different sponsor for years. I've had my same boat for a long time now. But I've always had the greatest respect for Crawley. I used to see you guys at the shows. You deal with a number a number of our regulars on this show. Um, Austin Parr was just on a little while ago. And a number of those people I know get their boats through you. Brad Peterson works with you guys. Chad Lachance works with you guys. And I've always had such great respect for the way you guys do business and the way you treat customers and the brands you carry. So how long has, has uh, Crowley Marine been in business? So Crowley Marine has been in business about 52 years. It's a family-owned business. I mean, we always um, like uh, uh, help customers out. I mean, we offer Lund, Sylvan, Ranger, and we just added this uh, new Trident boats. Uh, they are pretty good boats are for sale. Uh, I mean, we're all, always here to help people out. I mean, give good advice. We are, everybody here is fish, so we can give any type of fishing advice, how to rig your boat. Our service uh, department has several years of experience. So, but yeah, we are, we are a pretty good team. Now, you've been in business a long time, but it was just a couple of years ago that you guys moved. You know, it used to be right on Colfax there. It was a limited space. But you guys were, I, every time I'd go in there, and by the way, I buy parts from you guys from my Mercury Motor all the time if I need them. I don't need them very often. But And you guys are so helpful, and you've always taken care of me. But just a few years ago, you moved to a new location. Tell people where that is and kind of describe it. 
Yeah, so we actually moved about three years ago. Yeah, this is a lot bigger showroom, so we can actually show uh, boats to the customers. Pu- customers can walk in, uh, jump inside of the boats. I mean, our new address is in Denver. This is at 2450 West 63rd Court. I mean, it's a nice location. I mean, heated room. I mean, it's a, it's a nice one. And another thing you guys do is you're great about servicing what you sell. And, in fact, I think you come from the service department. Isn't that right? Uh, yes, at my initial, uh, I started in the service department, and I went a little bit into the parts and sales part department. Uh, we do ser- like to sell. Usually we give priority to our customers when we service. I mean, we do service other people, uh, but uh, we always try to give that extra experience and, and, and service when you buy a boat from us. Well, and that's the key is when when people buy a boat from you, they become part of the Crowley family. I've heard that over and over again, and you guys just step up and take care of them. And you just have always been so class. Um, it's just it's just been a tremendous. You know, I've just been always I've admired the way you guys treat people and the way you and the way you do business. I want to talk about the boat show in a minute, but I think one of the things that really you guys are the premier fishing boat dealer in Colorado, especially when you list the brands like, you know, Ranger, Lund, and uh, Triton, and Sylvan. Those are all mainstay brands within the fishing industry. Of course, they make other types of boats, too. But because of that, you guys have grown in your technical expertise and your ability to rig out a boat. You know, with all the modern-day electronics we have and the way things people want them rigged, sometimes the electronics can cost almost as much as the boat, especially if you don't do it right. You guys are really, really well-versed in that, aren't you? Oh, yes, we are. All our service team, our rigging team, are all pretty equipped and uh and we'll train with all the up-to-date electronics. I mean, anything out there, we can definitely install for you. So before we get to the boat show, um, a lot last year was a tough year for a lot of boat dealers because they couldn't. There was supply chain shortages everywhere. The autos industry saw it. The fishing industry saw it. Uh, the grocery stores saw it. And certainly RVs, ATVs, and boats we're not getting in the units that we're used to getting in. Are we seeing that get easy? And how is the status of inventory with uh, Crowley? Well, definitely last year was difficult. Uh, but actually, we have a pretty good team and sales department. So we were pretty good at keeping inventory here in stock. So uh, we always had something to show at the showroom. I mean, and um, we basically did pretty good. Uh, we're hoping that this year do pretty good too. Um, inventory is coming in. We have a big supply of models coming in. Uh, hopefully, we can give you a good show at the sh- at the boat show. But uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's struggling right now in any other. But uh, but we're doing good. Yeah, and I heard you know a lot of boats are like autos now. You come in and see the one in the showroom, and then you order yours, and it takes a while to get in. Some of them you have in stock. I know you've got boats on the floor. But a lot of people might have to order, and that's what the auto industry is doing now. So now might be a great time to buy a boat. Let's talk a little bit about the boat show. Last year, almost every gathering of people was canceled. We didn't have a stock show. We didn't have uh, an ISE International Sportsman's event. We didn't have a boat show, an RV show. Well, stock shows going on. I know there's an RV show going on at the same time you guys were up at the convention center, but the boat show is back. So what are the dates, and what are people going to see there this year? Uh, so, yeah, last year we had an in-house boat show. We definitely got, was a little bit uh, bound out that uh, we didn't have that boat show at the convention center, but we did pretty good here. 
Uh, this upcoming boat show is going to be in the Colorado Convention Center, where, like you said, uh, it's going to be this next weekend, January 14 to the 16th. Um, starts around 10 a.m. and ends about 9 p.m. Uh, for tickets, admission, and that kind of stuff. For more information, you can go to denverboatshow.com. Uh, we're going to be the boat, the first, actually, uh, uh, boats you're going to see to your left. So as soon as you come, go in, you're, we're going to be the first guys there. Now, what type of boats is Crowley going to have at the boat show? Uh, we're going to have our most common models. I mean, we are going to have Lund, Sylvan, and Rangers there. So you can get, definitely come, ask questions. Our uh, three uh, lead sales guys are going to be there for any type of questions. You can jump inside of the boat, have a feel for it. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, well, it's, it's people are just pent up, ready to get out. Now, I know you just signed Trident. You won't have them. They're another major line that you'll be carrying. But you'll have Ranger, Lund, and Sylvan. And even if you don't have the exact model people want, you're going to have something for them to look at, maybe buy the one on the floor, or maybe order one that'll get here in time for their fishing season. So this is going to be a great opportunity. Now, are you going to have any kind of special deals at the boat show? Uh, well, we always have uh, competitive pricing. We are going to offer extended warranties and food products. But, yeah, we're gonna, we can definitely give you a good deal out there. Now, if I'm still a little hesitant about going to a boat show with a lot of people, during the time of the boat show, can I get the same deal by coming by the dealership? Oh, yes, of course. The only difference is going to be maybe an extended warranty that we're going to offer in a boat show. But, um, I mean, but yeah. And what type of uh, motors do you sell? That's really changed. You know, Evinrude, you were a big Evinrude dealer. They stopped making motors. So what are you? what type of motors are you selling? So our premier motor right now, yeah, unfortunately we had to that uh, drop their sales. But uh, Mercury is basically where we sell them right now. Uh, there's you can definitely order Yamahas too, uh, depending on the brand. Uh, Lund basically just carry Mercury's. On the Ranger side, you can you can order Mercury and Yamahas, and the Sylvan the same thing. Yeah, Mercury's and Yamahas. You know, uh, things have changed because of emissions and a lot of the high end. Four strokes like the Optimax and the Etex and those motors were touted as being two strokes that had low emissions, but even those have pretty much gone away. It's pretty much all four stroke now, isn't it? Yes, it's pretty much everything's four stroke right now. I mean, the good thing about the Mercury one is because you have that that supercharger right there, so it kind of uh, it helps out when you have one that extra piece of torque that uh, the two strokes used to have. Well, you know, the torque was an issue before, and the other thing that was an issue was the weight. They've really brought down the weight in the four-stroke motors, too, haven't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. All this new models coming out right now, super light, super fast. I mean, you can go 50, 60 miles an hour in this boat. I mean, they're, they're, great, they're great in the water. So tell people again your location and about your websites and things like that. Yeah, so our location, again, is going to be 2450 West 63rd Court in Denver. Our phone number is 303-355-5555. Our website is going to be CrowleyBoats.com. So, yeah, you can definitely call us anytime for any type of uh, advice or uh, suggestions or anything you, you want. We're here to help you out. And what are the times and dates of the boat show, again, at the convention center? So it's going to be the 14th to the 16th. It's it starts around 10 a.m. and uh, ends up around 9 p.m. All right, Mario, thank you so much for coming in there, and thanks to Crowley for servicing, the, especially the fishing industry, with such class and the way you guys have done it. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir, for having me, having me there. You bet. That's Mario from Crowley Marine. Just always been just super good people. You just always felt, not you knew it was family-owned, but you could feel it. 
We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to talk to our friends at Colorado Clays about the changes they're going through and how they might affect shooters in the area on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 1600 ESPN. I wake up in the morning so sad and so alone. I wonder where you are, why that you are gone. You once filled my days with smiles and happy times. All right, another bumper from the Loneliness and Love album by Wickstrom and Dobreth. You can uh, search your main streaming to get that. Of course, we're, we're kind of proud of it. There's four songs. If you want to listen to it, it'll only take you about 12 and a half minutes. Listen to it. Give us some feedback. If you like it, share it. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Clays, one of our favorite contributors, J.R. Pierce. Good morning, J.R. Good morning, Terry, and Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Well, Colorado Parks and Wildlife bought Colorado Clays. I saw the news announcement, so I imagine you're all shut down. There's no shootings, probably just trails where you go walking now, right? Yeah, not even close, Terry. Uh, everything is business as usual here uh nobody's going to notice any difference. It's been a seamless transition, and we're really excited. Well, let's take people through what happened. Parks and Wildlife came in and bought the facility, and now it's under the umbrella of parks, but you guys that have been there are still running it. Is that right? Yeah, and that's right, Terry. And I think I'll take a minute here uh, just to kind of describe what we've been doing and what's coming up here. So Colorado Clays is of course, has been for the last 25 years and will continue to be uh, Colorado's premier public access shooting facility, featuring, of course, the very finest in the rifle, pistol, trap, skeet, wobble trap, and sporting clay shooting opportunities. Now, Terry, also still in place, shotgun patterning areas, training traps for the beginners, uh, individual and group instruction available, concealed carry classes, leagues, tournaments, uh, still doing all of the kids' shooting opportunities for Boy Scouts, 4-H, high schools, colleges, and churches with that special pricing for those kids because we love uh, bringing the kids into the sport. And, of course, Terry, never forget that Colorado Clays is the number one venue for shooting events. And when I say shooting events, examples will be birthdays, uh, bachelor, bachelorette parties, gender reveal events. Those are really fun. Corporate outings, fundraisers, and just many more possibilities. And the reason Colorado Clays is the preferred destination is the fact that our facility and staff can handle any size group event, whether it's 30 people or 300, equally as well. And as you said, Terry, here's the great news for 2022. Uh, with the sale of the property to the state of Colorado, not only will we continue to run Colorado Clays as that number one voted shooting facility in the state that everyone has come to know, uh, we feel that our new partnership with the state will ultimately only enhance the experience of shooting at Colorado Clays. And, and Terry, the reason I say that is because everyone that has been involved in this process has the same mission in mind. And that is the same as it's always been at Colorado Clays, to, to just provide the people of Colorado with a safe, friendly facility with a wide variety of shooting sports opportunities and to do it as a public access property with no memberships required so that 
every firearms enthusiast in Colorado can enjoy our sport anytime they want. And like I say, when you come to Colorado Quays, you're going to see the same great staff, friendly faces, enjoy the same great services, pricing, and events, and count on the same hours of operation we've been doing. So it's really going to be everything we have been and more, Terry, and we're really excited about it. Now, will I need a parks pass to get out there, or has that changed at all? No. Even though this is a state property, um, we are still running the property, and uh, the agreement is that we will run Colorado Quays as a public access uh, state parks pass, not required. And most of the personnel are still going to be there, so I'll see the same faces. Is that right? Absolutely. Our entire staff is still intact, Terry. Uh, Everybody excited to do what we've been doing and the way we've been doing it for a long time. So uh, anybody coming out, you won't notice any difference. Uh, It's just a different landowner. It's really what it boils down to. Of course, we'll still have to deal with you. Well, you know. There's a, always a hitch in any uh, any contract. <laughs> yeah, you know you're a good friend. Um, you know, you talked about the patterning boards. I want to get off on that just for a minute because the turkey draw is coming up, and we didn't talk about it much today, but the deadline for getting the turkey draw is very soon. So if you're thinking about turkey hunting and you want to do more than an over-the-counter license, go to the Parks and Wildlife site right now and check about that draw and get that done. But, boy, now is the time to be getting those shotguns and working on it, because sometimes it takes some time. Yeah, and you're totally right, Terry. With the season coming up, people really need to be thinking ahead on that. One thing I have noticed is that uh, lots of new guns, lots of Christmas guns, uh, different ammo options, and we already have people coming out doing their diligence, patterning those guns, learning about their points of aim and impact. And as we always do, Terry, I mean, you can't spend a better 30 minutes or hour of time preparing for turkey season than a session on the Colorado Clays pattern board. There's just nothing that will make your hunt better, more productive, make you more confident in your equipment, and prepare you like uh, just a quick session over there. Well, you know, uh, speaking of new guns for Christmas, any shotgun. Now, obviously, you have pistol, rifle, you have the trap, the tra- all the all the clay, all the things you have there. But any new shotgun, the very first stop, no matter if you're a target shooter, if you're going waterfowl hunting, if you're going upland game hunting, you really should start with a new gun at that patterning board, shouldn't you? Absolutely, Terry. You know, it's amazing how many people do not realize how far behind the ball they're putting themselves by not making the first shots out of that gun on that pattern board. And the new modern firearms all generally come with some degree of adjustability um, on their lengths of pull, you know, cast, and their um, just overall sight picture by making adjustments to the to the stock end of the gun, which ultimately ends up uh, affecting your point of impact. And a person really needs to have that information before you go out and start chasing targets or uh, games. So uh, definitely first stop. Well, another thing, this time of the year, you can really pattern that the firearm with the clothes you'll probably be wearing in the field. Absolutely, and all of that makes such a difference, Terry, in the way the gun fits you. 
uh, learn those things ahead of time, not opening morning and, and have it screw up your opportunity. So, yes, just so many things, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about a lot of those, Terry, but thank goodness I already have people with those new guns that uh, have heard us talk about that, have listened um, to our advice, and are coming out, adjusting those guns, getting them on target, and uh, putting themselves ahead of the game. Now, when somebody comes out with a shotgun, let's stay with that for a minute, and you take them out and you pattern the gun, and now they know, I mean, they've got to kind of understand what they're going to do with it. So you've got to kind of guide them towards the right types of ammunition for what they're going to do. After you get a pattern, how much difference is there, say, in a, a upland game hunter, a turkey hunter, and a waterfall hunter to where you would take them next since you have all the disciplines on your facility? Well, and you know, Terry, so there is some degree of individuality on how people um, want a gun to pattern or shoot. So if it's somebody who is a lifelong trap shooter, they tend to like their guns to pattern higher than somebody, say, uh, shooting, um, you know, waterfowl or any of the birds. So those folks might want to take that new hunting gun and have it pattern similar to what they're used to. So some of it's individual. I always encourage new shooters to go out, let's get a good stance, a good gun mount, a good sight picture, and confirm that we're shooting where we're looking. Once that happens, then we move out onto the, uh, one of our courses or ranges and, uh, and do it skill appropriate. Some people that are more beginner, we might go to the training trap and just take and apply what we just learned to that nice straightaway target get A plus B to equal C, and then move on in levels of skill, increasing, adding angles and such, until we ultimately end up looking for presentations on our property that may represent the game they're hunting. So it's very individual on some things, and it's very predetermined on others. And, of course, we always help people make those decisions to end them up in the best condition they can be for their hunt. Now, do you have one where a clay hangs by a thread that stands still for me? Yeah, that's up in the Wickstrom area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now, and right for right now, you said your your ridiculously low pricing is going to stay the same? Terry, as everything stands, uh, yes. We are going to continue being extremely competitive on pricing. Uh, we want to make sure we offer the best opportunity and that everybody can come out and enjoy our sport so we're everything status quo going into 2022, and we're really proud of that. Okay, now I want to change things up on you. And when we come get done talking about this, I'll get all the contact information for Colorado Clays out there. But you, in the last couple of years, have developed an enthusiasm for ice fishing. Has this weather got you chawing at the bit? Yeah, you know, Terry, I was driving up uh, the highway the other day, and I saw some ice on those lakes. And, uh, and honestly, yes. You really sparked that enthusiasm, that uh, trip that I took with you, uh, watching someone that knew how to use the electronics, how to read them, uh, safe on the ice, had the correct equipment. Um, yeah, you had me sold on that, Terry, and I've got my auger out. I've got the new ice rod. I'm waiting for that call from you. Well, I'm waiting for the call from you. Okay, turn your phone on because, uh, yes, I am definitely ready to go. I feel like the ice is safe, which is really important to me. And well, it's uh, important to everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, so yes, um, we'll get that going. Well, I, w- I will say, and I've been harping on this all show, is that we're finally seeing some ice at the lower elevations. But, folks, because of the up-and-down weather, please 
safety first. You saw me use a spud bar to check the ice when we went out. And right now, I wouldn't. I would tell anybody going out, Jr. The number one tool you need is that spud bar because it really you should be checking the ice almost every step. Yeah, and you know, Terry, when we went, I was very impressed. Uh, I have seen people run out and just jump on stuff, but uh, and I think we even had some stuff. Um, on one of your links that you went over that. But, yeah, that spud bar, uh, priceless. Before you step on one inch of ice, start chopping ahead of yourself. Um, Definitely, definitely safety first, and uh, that's one tool that's on my hit list. All right, so, people, if you want to see how to use a spud bar, he was talking about if you go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, and go to North Michigan Reservoir, I actually do a clinic on that show on reading electronics, and also on how to test early ice with a spud bar and how to visually look at the lake because that lake froze at different times in different parts that year. And you could visually see differences. Then I use the spud bar to actually show you the safety of the ice and go through that. There's a lot of pent-up demand. I know JR and I are in the same place. But if you want to get out ice fishing right now, safety has to be number one. Uh, if you take a drive up in the mountains and there's some trails and things, just be careful because there's a lot of snow on the ice. Check it there. Once you've gone to a place, you've checked it, don't assume that it's still good ice with the weather and the water flows. There's water coming into our reservoirs. But we want you to get out there. And when we get JR out on the ice, we'll post on, on Facebook how bad I kick his butt. <laughs> Well, you had some really good advice going there, Terry. We'll see what happens with that. All right. So, JR, just so to reiterate, Colorado Clays is open for business. People aren't going to see a difference. They're going to have the same people, the same pricing, the same facilities. Just the land is now owned by Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Give us all the contact information. All right, Terry. So definitely come see us. Uh, give us a call if you want, 303 303- Six five nine seven one one seven, or go to our website coloradoclays.com check it out take the virtual tour the facility is the same but if you haven't seen it take a look at it and terry last thing from everyone at colorado clays to everyone in colorado we hope you have a great uh, happy new year um, safe and productive 2022 all right thank you my friend we'll talk to you again very soon thank you terry that that's jr from colorado clays i know him and Corey are excited about the the you know you're gonna anytime you get somebody that buys there's always there could be changes but what they're most excited about is having the resource of colorado parks and wildlife backing them up now and colorado parks and wildlife uh, has really made an a tremendous push to get more safe friendly shooting facilities throughout the state and you're going to see more coming I'm on one of the panels that gives out the money for the excise money that comes out. Um, I've done the fishing is fun. I've done the motorboat one. I used to used to do some of the shooting ones. They're taking this money that's outside of it. Doesn't come out of general funds. It comes from the sale of gear, and they're investing that on in resources. And as our outdoor enthusiasm enthusiast group grows in almost every aspect in Colorado since COVID hit, you're going to see more and more facilities needed so we can all be out there enjoying it. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. When I'm sad and lonely, 
life has got me down She puts her hand in mine She picks me back up off the ground You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. The bumper music we've been playing during this show is from my new musical release, uh, Loneliness and Love by Wickstrom and Doberth. You can find that on almost any streaming service by just uh, just searching Wickstrom and Doberth. If you like it, listen to it. It's a, a four-song EP. It's about 12 and a half minutes long. We'd love to get your feedback. Right now on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, there is a post to tell you how to search for it and give you links to some of the more popular streaming. But you should follow us on Facebook anyway because you heard a, if you like what you heard today, we did a lot of ice fishing, we did waterfowl, we did some shooting, we did parks, recreation. We cover a lot of the outdoor activities in Colorado every week, normally on the fan from 9 to 11. Because of the Broncos game, we moved over to ESPN from 10 to noon. We do that a half a dozen times a year to come over here and be with our friends from ESPN. But we're on almost every week. But if you follow us on Facebook, you'll know where you can find us every week. You'll know if we've moved for that particular week. And then if there's something you didn't quite catch, you can always go to 1043thefan.com and go to the Terry Wickstrom Outdoors page. And there's podcasts that go back for months and months on that page. But we take a lot of the more pertinent, timely ones, pertinent and timely ones, and we post them on our Facebook page. So a lot of the ice fishing reports, we're going to post those podcasts during this week. I know there's a huge pent up demand to get out ice fishing. And, and trust me, I'm right there with you. I drove around yesterday. I saw people out on Lawn Hagler. I didn't check the ice. They were moving gingerly around. Up north, we got more snow. The weather's a little colder. I think we're going to keep making ice. I also checked Douglas Lake with the same result. A lot of people out there, different parts of the lake. But I didn't personally get out and check it. At Boyd Lake, I saw them in the marina area, and I actually saw them catching stock trout right off the boat landing there. They were having some success. I watched for a while. Talked to a few people, said the ice was getting there. Up north, it should get better. We're hearing reports of people on Cherry Creek and Chatfield. Uh, the weather here is going to be warm and cold, warm and cold, and a, a reservoir that's right across the street can sometimes fish differently because water is flowing in. There's springs in these lakes, so you have to be extremely careful. If we get cold enough nights, even with the warm days, we could see a growth of ice on those lakes, but be extremely cautious. Heard the same thing out in the northeast that they're starting to get out there, but please be cautious. Bar Lake is starting to see some ice anglers out there, but again, caution. The mountains, a little more stabilized, but we had quite a bit of snow. There's some slush, so you may want to check the conditions before you go. I think North Park had a ton of snow, but they're fishing pretty well up there. Uh, up around the 11-mile area, they're fishing. There's spots producing numbers of fish with good ice. There's spots when you get away, and the action isn't as steady, but they're seeing bigger fish, and they're starting to see some kokanee show up out there. Blue Mesa really is starting to form ice, and hopefully we won't see too much runoff that raises that. A lot of tournaments coming up, and the Granby Grand Lake area uh, starting to see a lot of good ice, but also a lot of snow on the ice. We'll have to be careful up there. But we'll post a lot of this on our, our Facebook. If you're interested in learning ice fishing, go to our uh, YouTube channel, Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. Probably a dozen ice fishing shows on the channel. It's about 150 episodes from all over the world on there. But a lot of it's filmed right here in Colorado. And about 12 of them are just ice fishing right here in Colorado. So take a look at those. They'll help you get started, give you some fundamentals, and teach you some 
some of the safety aspects. Now, once again, uh, we should be back on the fan 9 to 11 next week and almost every week, 9 to 11 on the fan. If you like what you hear on this show, go join us every Saturday. We try to give you the most up-to-date information we can. Also, follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, to get what's happening on the show, who's coming up to post the podcast. And once again, I hope you enjoyed our bumper music, the new music that we I just released along with Hall of Fame musician uh, Mark Dobreth. And we're kind of excited about it. We did it more as a fun event. Both of us have kind of been away from the music industry for a while. So it's kind of something that just uh, we went out there and hope you enjoy it. So just search Wickstrom and Dobreth. And then join me next week right here on Right here on the radio, I will be on 104.3 The Fan from 9 to 11. That's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and sports on ESPN.